0: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
1: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said I'm never drinking again and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why
0: everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol.
1: On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy.
0: Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health.
1: Yeah, so how was it, Hamish? You were staying at my house. Were you rifling through my underwear drawer? Yeah, I spent most of my time in your underwear drawer. That was <laughs> That's what you expect from house
0: sitters. Yeah. No, it was funny, you know, it was, it was. you live about 15 minutes from my house. Yes. And I would say, not only did it feel like, like a genuine holiday, um, except that you could still go to the gym that we go to and we could yeah. shop at the same supermarket, um, but... It's also changed our life. And I'll let you decide whether or not it's for the best or for Weird. the worst. Because you like were... a holiday because you have a swimming pool. Yes. So we're sitting by the swimming pool. Nice. We read books. Um, you know, you're not in your own home, so you're not worried about doing the washing or the, you know, you've got to iron those things, whatever it is, you sort of are able to switch off. But because you've got such good books, Liz and I both read a lot. And now, since leaving your house, we don't watch TV before going to bed. We read books which I think is good because I've wanted to do that for a while and it makes it sound intellectual and in- interesting. Yes. But it also has aged us. Yeah, but She turned <laughs> to me the other day in <laughs> bed and was like, "Like." Ah, yeah, is is this now? Are we now that age where we just read books and then give each other a kiss on the cheek and go to bed?
1: I think you need to worry, Hamish, when you get to the stage where I'm at was when you're doing a crossword in bed at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is I, I do enjoy doing a crossword before I go to sleep. yeah, so, yeah That's a kind of different level, isn't it? Is that a, is that a step down from reading books? Yes, yeah, step down. Do you have your own sides of the bed? Yeah. So which side did you okay. sleep on at my house?
0: Um, so I was on the I was the door side at house. Oh, you all sleep
1: on my side. And I was well, my
0: oh, on, the, oh, on the other side of mine, actually. You have a dog. It's the most confident dog in the world. I know Sandy relatively well. We come to your house every week. Within a minute of getting into bed, Sandy's in. She's She's in. Oh, yes, she's in. In my face, lying on my pillow. We gave her half of the whole bed. (laughs) So if you think of a bed as a sandwich cut in half from top left to bottom right, Liz and I are in one one of those halves, and Sandy had the entirety of the rest of the half.
1: Yeah. She's so confident. Just straight in. Straight in. Yeah. And it's funny when you first get a dog, like people like John's never had dogs. He's never yeah. grown up with dogs. So he was like, well, Sandy will stay out. We'll get a dog, <laughs> but it's got to stay out on the deck. And they weave their way in, don't yeah. they? Within a week, she was up on the couch. Within the second week, <laughs> she, like he was sleeping with her under his arm every yeah. night. And then now in the winter, she goes under the quilt. So yeah, you just does. lift up the quilt and she yeah. buries herself in the quilt. Yeah, it's Well, either she's
0: under the duvet or she's on my pillow. Yeah, so she's I'm literally sharing on my yeah. pillow yeah. with Sandy.
1: She doesn't like some people though. You're one of the lucky ones. If she really? doesn't like you, you're in trouble. But I have to. There is something to be said for getting a dog in sobriety, because they keep you so entertained. You can go for walks. They're always happy to see you. It is a real mood lifter having a dog. Yeah. And she actually went missing last week for a couple of hours before Just we went before away. We house sat. Yeah,
0: slightly nervous that we were onto a runner.
1: Yeah, it was frightening. And we went. <laughs> this is quite funny actually, but we put it on the local community page because we were like, our dog's gone missing. We were going away. We were like, oh my God, our oh, Sandy's gone missing. And we were all traumatised. And I went out to look for her and the whole of Majimba was walking around and it was raining. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's so nice in this community. And then we found her. And she had gone into the cupboard in Nelly's room and hidden behind a box. She was in your house. She was in the house. Oh, no. I didn't put that on the community I pages. Did not know that. No, she was in the house. Yeah. So on the community pages, I just went we found her and
0: this <laughs> week everyone's got sick everyone's yeah. got colds. everyone's yeah. got fevers
1: yeah everyone was walking around in the rain looking for her. I was too <laughs> nervous to put that she was actually just hiding in the cupboard okay
0: secret's out now the, <laughs> the secret is out everybody
1: yeah but poor Sandy I was literally blubbing my eyes out yeah. you become I've very attached to dogs that. Yeah, yeah. we lost a dog
0: once it oh god so it's like the 12. worst
1: yeah. the kids were beside themselves yeah. the panic in our house it was awful
0: although the reunion so we lost we were we've used to foster rescue dogs and we we, you know, found this particular dog at home and within 24 hours they lost it. And we were out, it was in Maroubra. We were in Maroubra in Sydney 24, maybe 30 hours looking for her. And then when she got found and returned to us, it was it was the most emotional I've ever been. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know when you cry in front of a child and they don't know what how to react because yeah. you're an adult, you're not the meant dog, to cry. What's the dog doing? This that? child gave me this this dog and I I was on the floor and Liz was on the floor and the owners were on <laughs> It was uh, way more dramatic than having a child. Way more emotional
1: than having a baby. It's funny. You don't realise. Well, I didn't realise how attached I was to her until she went missing the other week. Like, we were absolutely traumatised by it. Well, Hamish, seeing as it's the new year and we've already done our New Year's Day episode, we know that a lot of people will be giving sobriety a go. So I thought we should address the moderation head fuck. Yes. Sorry to put it so bluntly, but that is what it is. A big brain melt that annoyingly preoccupies sober people on their sober path. Now, we heard how William Porter deals with cravings, which can come into play here a little bit. But today we want to focus on why attempting to moderate will give you a massive cranium ache and drive you round the bend. And why being fully sober wins the race every time, freeing you from alcohol's slightly sweaty palmed Firm grip.
0: Yeah, I remember you and Lucy doing an episode called The Moderation Pixie, and you're describing a tempting moderation like you have a naughty pixie on your shoulder telling you to rebel and not be so boring. I like to think of my Moderation Pixie as a little Craig David singing tempting sweet nothings into my ear. Yes,
1: yes, yes, he's a pesky little fucker, that no, pixie. No, he's not. No. Yeah, that little Craig David not cra- pixie. Not the Craig I mean, that's David like one. my biggest fear is having a Craig David a tiny pixie Craig on, my David on your shoulder. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, what's that song? <laughs> And they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want that telling me to have one more or everything in moderation. Those little things are always hoodwinking you to get you thinking about drinking.
0: But really, moderation is something that has slid into my mind at times. Maybe I could have just one a month or one a year. Surely that won't hurt. But the longer I do this podcast, Vic, I'm forced against my will to listen to you drone on endlessly about the dangers of booze and mind-bendingly brilliant sober life is. The more I understand why the moderation fantasy and that damn pixie are just there to keep us preoccupied with alcohol, to make us believe we want to drink, that we have to drink, that drinking is how we have fun that drinking is the be-all and end-all of life forever and beyond.
1: Funnily enough, we had a bit of a chat about this on the Mm. way here, didn't we? That's exactly what's come up. So Hamish has just read Sober Curious. What would be your reason to drink again, Hamish? Yeah,
0: well, that's what I haven't figured out. So she talks about the difference between Sober Curious and Sober Sober. She talks about alcohol is not the problem. It's the way we as humans use alcohol that is the problem, which is mainly drinking to excess.
1: I think this is where we differ a little bit yeah. here because you are not the problem drinker. You are the, what we call the normal mm-hmm. drinker and I would class myself as a problem drinker whereas one is an option for me. Yeah. So I know that having one leads to two and two leads to three and three leads to whatever. So I could never achieve that and yeah. I've tried in my life. I've tried moderation. So I, knew, I know I can't achieve that. So it's really shaky ground, yeah. that, yes. that, that sort of angle that perspective on sobriety, of perhaps having one occasionally, it's not possible for most people who have a drink problem. And I think that's often where the normal drinker like you may feel like it's OK to go back to drinking, but will probably find yourself... Not able to do it either. I'd be interested to see. Well, like Ruby, like Ruby, she went wrote a book on it. Yes, exactly. Now Now she's sober, sober. Mm. So there's got to be some benefits. You're not going to be reaping the full benefits of sobriety if you're still having one or two because you don't get to experience the changes or the mental changes or the self-love and all those other things. We are going to talk a bit more about that in a minute, but it's just interesting that we had that chat about that book today on the way here, and it's a very similar topic, isn't it? it
0: Happening to me, same, same thing. Same thing, and then getting
1: back into the same. Habits, And then you're back at square one. So I don't know, it's it's really shaky ground for a lot of people, mm-hmm, that one. 100%. Yeah. And I definitely think that pixie is out to get you. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that today we're fighting back against the pixies, Hamish. We want the listener to go away comprehending why one will hurt and why bidding farewell to booze 100% for good is the only way to benefit from all the incredible gifts that Sober has to give. So today we're here to
0: challenge the saying, everything in moderation.
1: Yes, Hamish, it's worth a shot. Get it? Oh, yeah. That's not your best. No, it's not my best, is it? Let's start, which says a lot about your best. You
0: you set a high standard (laughs) and that was not your highest. Let's start by going over our pitiful attempts at moderation. Come on, Vic, tell me you could stop at one and stick to orange juice on a night out.
1: You know, that has never, ever happened. I wasn't holding my breath. I don't think I have once achieved moderation (laughs) in my whole life. Even if I did only have one mentally, I was still obsessed with drink number yes, two. Which is a fair point. So even if I achieved moderation by only having one drink, mentally, I had not achieved it and it was still torturous.
0: I think that's the same with a lot of people in their sobriety. They yes. give up and they think, great. And actually, if you're thinking about it all the time and worried about that drink, or I still want to drink yeah. or i go to a party, I should drink. You're still sort of under its thumb. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That we talk about that preoccupation all the time. Your mind is taken up with alcohol Mm. still. So there's still an addiction there. But I used to always go out with this alcohol fantasy. Every time I went out to a pub or with mates, I had a fantasy of what I would be like in those occasions, okay. which was well behaved, one drink, have a little dance, be, you know, flick my hair around and be pretty and then leave. Mm-hmm. And that never, ever happened. It was a total bullshit story in my head that I was telling myself. But I did it because. I wanted to go out and I wanted to achieve my goal, but of course I couldn't. So that was just kind of me damaging myself by thinking that I could be a good drinker when I knew in fact I couldn't. One example of this, I remember being hungover and wanting to achieve moderation after the hangover. And often I've told you, Hamish, I drank more when I was hungover because I wanted to get rid of the headache. And I remember thinking, I remember it clearly. For some reason, this one night, because it disintegrated the night so quickly, it disappeared. And I was one minute up at the bar with, you know, looking all prim and proper having a glass of red wine, thinking, oh, look, I've got this, I've got this, you know, I am I can handle this, I'm just going to have one glass of red wine. And then the next thing I remember, I had stolen a woman's handbag and I was dipping it into a sink of water, a leather handbag, for no reason. I can't remember why. She was trying to get it off me. Do you know the woman? No, I didn't know her. I just had her leather handbag. What? Yeah, and it, I'd leaned over the bar and I was dipping her handbag in soapy water and the other side was like the glass washing dishwasher thing and she was trying to grab it off me and I was going, oh, fuck off her. <laughs>
0: You know, what, of all the stories you've told me during this podcast, that one sort of shocks me the most.
1: It's so that's weird, just though. Cruel. Yeah, it's cruel and weird, and I don't know why I was doing it. I don't know why I'd taken offence to her. But that's how quickly the descent yeah. happened. It had yeah. gone from me having one glass of wine and pretending, fantasising in my head that I was going to be well behaved, mm. and then having another one and another one, and getting to the point where I was dipping a stranger's handbag in a sink. <laughs> Wow. I know. The descent was very, very quick. My downhill fall happened straight after that first drink. Mm -hmm. So I always went out with high expectations for myself that I would be able to achieve this moderation and that one wouldn't hurt. But of course it did. Once one was down the hatch, everything changed. One drink meant that moderation was no longer possible. And I never, ever learned. I kept trying and trying and trying. And the more I thought about attempting moderation, the worse I became because I'm a rebel. I -hmm. was a rebel with my drinking. So if I thought, oh, I'm going to moderate tonight, I thought, oh, well, fuck that. So in my head I was being good and bad at the same time. That pixie, your own rule. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. pixie was on my shoulder going, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be good tonight. The fancy, yeah, the fancy and then the pixie would be going, don't be so boring, yeah, come yeah. on. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And I'd listen to the pixie and that would be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really a really quick change in me. And also I always had an excuse to drink. I was always like you know, don't worry, I'm moderating and then someone would say, oh, but it's his birthday, oh, but Mm. it's the last night of the proms or something like that, anything – anything could be said to me to, to twist my elbow and get me drinking again and my rebellious nature meant that I wanted to break the rules and I was in at any mention of a next drink <laughs> I had to stop drinking completely to understand this and really delve into it and look at why I was doing what I was doing and it's because I was addicted to alcohol I couldn't stop yeah. that's what it's designed to do it's designed to make you want more of it and of course I wanted more of it um, and the more I tried moderation the more infatuated I became with alcohol
0: but that's important to say because actually, we alcohol is the only addiction that we try and moderate. You know, yeah. if you're addicted to something, the only way to stop the addiction is to stop doing the thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like if you smoke twenty a day, you go oh, I'll just have one a day and then I'll that'll help me stop smoke, smoking. Yeah, no. Or if I'm addicted to coke, I'll just do coke some weekends and then that will help me give up.
1: Yeah, addiction's only going one direction, yeah. don't they? Yeah. I yeah. think. It's yeah, difficult
0: to moderate if you're addicted.
1: I will say this: failing for so long at moderation did make me realise I could not stop, and you know it led me to giving yeah. up completely. There is only so long you can fail at something. We said that in our last episode, mm. um, and it took four years for me. What are your experiences with moderation, Hamish? So at the moment, because I'm I'm sober and I'm not even
0: I'm not even considering moderation at the moment. I will be sober for. A, as long as I'm doing this podcast. I said originally minimum one year, but I think it'll be longer. Um, So I'm not even contemplating moderation. I have, like I said, had thoughts about what I might do in, you know, for the rest of my life, I try not to think too far in advance because it's a bit frightening. Yeah. But, you know, what will I do for the rest of my life? Will I be sober, sober? Will I be sober curious? So I guess I'm I'm still thinking about it. And like I say, you know, would it just be at an event where the booze is the thing? And you know, what other ways could I do it? Will I just have a glass of champagne at a wedding? I've thought maybe I'll do one glass at the beginning and then that's me done. I've had thoughts of that or only drink with someone who's passionate about drinking. So, you know, someone's like, Mm. oh, this bottle was a million years old. Let me tell you all about it and then have a glass of me. I thought thought
1: that. Do you think if you were at a wedding Mm. and somebody handed you one glass of champagne and you drank it, do you think you could say no to a second one? I think I could now.
0: So this is an interesting point because I think actually what moderation is about, when you say moderation, what I hear is self-control. Yeah, And I think my self-control through, and I've only been sober for a few months now, my self-control is much better now. And I'll give you two examples okay. of, that happened this week of my good self-control.
1: Holding toilet in? Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, no longer peeing in the corner of my bedroom, <laughs> even when I really need to go. No. Um, okay, one was I was down in Brisbane for work and my phone is cheeky. Okay, yeah. I, It's my fault. <laughs> I've got the McDonald's app. And when I drive past a McDonald's, I get a notification saying, today's deal is $3 for a burger and a meal with an extra burger and large fries. Yeah. And without fail, I pull over. Even if i brought a packed lunch, I pull over and I get the deal.
1: Even if you've got a packed lunch in in the car. Because
0: I go, I'll have it tomorrow, I'll have it for dinner. Um, This week, okay, I pulled over. Yeah. I walked up to the front door of McDonald's. My hand was on the handle. And I turned back, got back in my car and drove away. So uh, that, uh, I had it in me, finally, to beat that temptation. The second one was at your house, your party recently. Okay, so inevitably when you go to a friend's for party and there's food, yeah. you don't eat as much food as you need to to be full. It's all there. And I'm sure at the end of your party, there was still loads of food left over. Yeah. Because you're in conversation, you don't want to leave a conversation and all that. Um, and I, before I left yours, I went to the bathroom. And then I came back walking through your kitchen. Big box of lint balls yeah. on your kitchen table. The lid was on. I think if the lid had been off, I we would, have would not have then. been brought past
1: it. That is good self-control. But the
0: lid was on. You know, and I would have loved a lint ball on my way home. I've had my sort of meal. Mm. I'm not full. A lint ball would have done the job and I mm. didn't do it. So well, I think mm. now, and I know those are both food examples, but I think now I would back myself... To have more self control even if it was like you say at a wedding and you have a glass of champagne. Oh I wonder,
1: I wonder. It's an interesting test. What I do wonder is, Hamish, is well what I will tell you Mm. is that the lid was off last night. Oh, I don't doubt that. Yeah, the lid was. They can't be in your house for too long before the lid is off. The lid was gone. And I was in there. I was like a pig in a trough. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even take the wrappers off. <laughs> I was a mess. Do you have sparkly
0: poos this morning. The wrappers <laughs> yeah, come out with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Crinkly ones,
0: crackly <laughs> poos.
1: Yeah. For so many years, Hamish, I was kind of to and fro between the should Is, can Is, and I may as wells. Mm-hmm. I felt by allowing myself to imagine moderation meant I was being kind to myself. I realised now I was just conforming to what the culture around me expected me to do and what my brain had trained itself to do and what the drug had trained me to do. To join in, to be the sheep and to still be part of the alcohol shit show, which I think is what you're feeling too. You're still feeling like you want to be part of that and I question that. Yeah, Yeah. why would you want to be part of that? Or is it just to fit in? What are the reasons why? Yeah, yeah so I think we need to dig deeper into well, that. at the
0: moment, I don't. At the, mo- at the moment, I've literally not had one day where I've missed it. It's too big a thought in my mind to think I will be sober for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I don't mind having the thought of, you know, at a wedding in 20 years' time, I could have a glass of wine. I don't mind that. Okay, it's um, interesting. But I'm very open to being talked out of that. I'm very open to trying that and failing at that. Okay. Um. And honestly, I don't think... I I think I will be sober for longer than I care to say.
1: Oh, I'm in, I'm interested yeah. to find out what happens but because
0: it's, it's too big to yeah, say forever. It
1: does feel big. I mean, it's huge, but the relief—what I will say here—the relief of deciding to say no yeah, forever is such a, an incredible epiphany because you just go, "Oh God, I don't need to think about that twenty years time but where I I'm gonna have." A- there's
0: two different types of people. Either you get relief from that, or you feel. Overwhelmed and trapped and overwhelmed by that. No, I and think, you think most I'll just do people. Five years, i can do yeah. the next five years. And I'll do the next five years. I
1: think most people feel overwhelmed by that at first, mm. and I do think it takes a few years to go. Oh gosh, I'm never going to drink again, and that's fine. And being fine about it is when you really reach yeah. the sort of soaring point of your sobriety is when I go. Oh thank God, I never yeah. even need to think about doing that well, again. I, do, I
0: can see that in the short term. So yeah. yesterday we booked flights to go back to England, mm. and we're going to fly back here the day after a wedding yeah. and if I was drinking that would be worrying me right now yes. but now I know I'm going to be sober I know that I can drive us back the wedding's not even in London yeah. I'll drive us back from the wedding it's like an hour and a half drive I'll do it at midnight and then we'll fly the next you know the, yeah. that same day effectively and I'm, I like the fact that I can plan that now yeah. without worrying
1: I wonder if you'll try moderation at some point and just realise like, oh, God, this is not what I want at all and go back because you'll know you'll have been sober for so long that you'll go, God. I mean, and that's why people have blips. That's why people go Mm. back because they have exactly those feelings that you have. And sometimes those blips, those relapses are what make people even stronger in their sobriety the second time round. Well, I'm slightly frightened of trying it for the first time
0: because I am proud of my sobriety. So I kind of feel like, People say, "How sober are you?" It to me, and I know it's silly. It matters that I can say this number or this date or this, you know, whatever. This many months. Yeah. Whereas, I I don't think I would get the same buzz by going. Oh, I've only been sober for a month, but I've been sober curious for two and a half years because he doesn't. People don't understand what that means. Do you know what I mean by that?
1: Yeah, I totally know <laughs> yeah. what you mean. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because it was
0: feel like a failure the first drink I had. Yeah,
1: and I, and I don't think that matters whether you're a binge drinker or a stay-at-home drinker or mm. the normal drinker like you. I think if you've had a period of abstinence from anything and that you go back to it, there is going to be a sense of failure yeah. and which might make you stronger in your path in the long run. Yeah. But I realise now that my attempts at moderation were just the addiction creeping around in the background of my life, kind of trying to pounce on me like a tiger, Attempting moderation, all it did for me was prolong the pain and make me feel like a failure, actually.
0: Yeah, you are beginning to put me off. So what's wrong with trying to moderate? Surely some people can do it and it must be better than daily drinking or binge drinking, right?
1: Well, you'd have thought less is better, but that depends on what's going on in your head. Mm. Let's start with nailing down those questions you mentioned, Hamish. What words slip into your mind when you think about allowing yourself a drinky poo or two? Actually, you're like mm. a perfect person because it's really the topic that we talked about yeah. in the car on the way here is about you thinking about drinking again at some point in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, well, I mentioned the idea of can I just have one? Yes. You know, can I just have a glass of champagne at the beginning of a wedding and then be done with it? Um, we've also mentioned the special occasion. What's, what is special about the occasion? Is it the occasion or the fact that... The, the drink You're drinking again Yeah. Um, the truth is it's the occasion I think I would feel the first time I tried moderating I think I would be asking myself is this a good Like, is this the event you yeah. know I was so for years and years is this so good that it's worth me drinking because I've done weddings and yeah. I haven't done a funeral I've done weddings and I've done birthdays and I would have done a Christmas and like why this why today is it so special that I need to break my good sobriety question. for Yeah. Um, I feel like su- surely I've proved I don't need to drink. I might just have a couple. That's something that people will say, I'm sure, in their broaderation, They'll feel so gratified. that They've done it for ages. They kind of feel like, oh, I'm a changed person now. And yeah. now I'm sure I can go back to having one or two and everything will be fine. Yeah, I'm sure that does not last long. You, you said four years so about dangerous. not working. Yeah, so dangerous that. Um, I mentioned earlier that I, found I feel like I'm in more control now, having been sober for a period and I've got more self-control. I've not put that to the test. I've put mm. that to the test in McDonald's at Lint I've not put that to the test in alcohol. I'm sure people feel a false sense of confidence that they can go back to something that they did have a problem with before and realise that they do not have as much control as they thought. There are loads, to be honest, Vic. And yep. I feel like even as your average Joe kind of drinker, I'm consistently making up reasons why I should go back to drinking again or how will I moderate. Why do I do this?
1: Well, it's because we're taught to think anything in moderation is okay, mm. when in fact it's not. We're learning that any amount of alcohol consumption will affect your health in a negative way.
0: True. Alcohol consumption is associated with a variety of short and long-term health risks, including motor vehicle crashes, violent, sexually risky behaviours, high blood pressure and various cancers, even if you drink it moderately. The science shows alcohol in moderation is not okay at all.
1: Yes, and I guess it depends if you're a problem drinker or not. Although I have never met an over-drinker that has successfully gone back to alcohol and achieved moderation. I don't think it's doable. It's just not never happened. I've often wondered whether
0: outside of the clear financial cost, do most of the downsides of alcohol lie in over-consuming it? This is what I alluded to earlier. Yeah. Basically, is getting drunk the major bad thing about drinking? Hmm. I know some people that can just have a couple and stop, like my parents have always drunk without getting to that point of over-drinking. What do you reckon?
1: I don't know, it's such a hard one. I mean, those people who can stop at one, who are these magical beings? But really, even those people still have a mental battle of sorts. What we want to consider today is even those that don't have a problem as such still have the impression that alcohol makes them feel better in some way. It's such an interesting angle. It's those bloody neurological pathways again, Hamish, fooling us into submission. Drinking makes us happy, drinking is nice, I like it, blah, blah, blah.
0: Mm. So let's put the stats and science aside for a moment. I know I don't think about all those reasons when that pixie is tapping me on the shoulder. Let's look at why newly sober people and long-time problem drinkers might think having a few will be okay.
1: I guess it's because you still want to feel like part of something. Yeah. I mean, that would be why you would, that's what you're saying, you'd do, it, you'd do it to feel like part of that event, because that's the big event.
0: Partly, although I now do feel like I'm part of something, which is the sober mm. movement, which is... A much, equally, cooler, Hamish, yeah, much cooler, Hamish, much cooler. is, isn't it? I, I, I do, <laughs> and I, I
1: like the fact that most people aren't doing it. Yeah, and you have to be strong and you have to be fierce to be sober and you have to, like, walk the walk and talk the talk. So it is a strong thing to do. But I do
0: understand why people want to blend in and be part of a bigger group, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love.
0: By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message.
1: By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos, and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward.
0: And together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. Um, People also feel like being sober is boring. So might dip a toe in the moderation world to avoid that.
1: Yeah, it's all about that acceptance again, isn't it? Mm. They want to prove that they can achieve it as well. If you can't achieve moderation, perhaps it means you're an alcoholic, right? Yeah. Convince
0: themselves they can do it. It's like a personal challenge.
1: Yes, I can f- I can imagine you feeling a bit like that. like, you feel like, come on, I can do this till the end. It's funny, isn't it? I mean... I found out moderation management when doing this research is actually a thing. Some rehabs offer it as a path to recovery, Mm. trying to teach people to be responsible about drinking. But does this really solve anything? That was my question about it. Um, The mental anguish will still reside if you're still thinking about how many to have. I really believe the psychological battle will remain if you're trying to moderate. The
0: addiction is talking. That's the pixie. And you are trained to listen to it.
1: Yep, that's the drug doing its druggy, druggy thing, isn't it? <laughs> Messing what a with your mind. A it's the drug doing the druggy, druggies. Vicky
0: Vanstone, writer.
1: <laughs> yeah, professional writer.
0: Professional writer.
1: Come and read the drug book. Doing
0: Druggy things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I must say, actually, I've got my um, my lovely editor of my book, Gina, is visiting me at the mm-hmm. moment. And we were laughing because she's quite straight-laced, Gina, but she's kind of got to know me from reading my book over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And there was one line in it. I was laughing about this today over coffee with her. There's one line in it where I said, my past faded away like an avocado stain on a baby's jumpsuit or something yeah, like okay. that. Lovely. And she, she sent me an email and said, I'm not sure about that line victoria wouldn't it be better if you put it faded away like a turd in the rain <laughs> i was like yes dina it good. would be so much better she totally gets me now yeah. and she absolutely knows how i th- how i think so yeah it changed that line is now in there wow. and then she sent me a text message afterwards said that's a turd trifecta <laughs> so i had three mentions of turds in the books just so you know <laughs> That's the sort spoiler of level. Alert. Yeah, spoiler! Alert. That's the level of quality I'm going for here.
0: <laughs> that's that's how much through the book we'll, we'll describe. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. What chapter are you on? No, no, no. I'm two turns in. I've got yeah. one left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's one turn to go. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when you are trying to attempt moderation, you feel like you can achieve the impossible, and that you can carry on being a drinker, and you're getting the best of both worlds. I mean, that's kind of uh, the trick it plays that's on you, isn't lie. it? You that's tell the yourself. lie. Yeah. You don't
0: want to be noticed as a non-drinker. That plays again into just fitting in and being part of the crowd. Wanting to avoid any kind of withdrawal. So yeah, as soon as sobriety gets tough, you think maybe moderating will ease those pains.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Booze is designed to make you want more. It's an addictive drug, which means to fight against having another once one is down that hatch is virtually impossible. There's a lot of shame involved at failing at moderation, You feel rubbish about yourself because you want to be a normal drinker, so you keep at it, keep trying and promising to do better. But don't blame yourself. It's booze doing what booze is meant to do. And it's nothing to do with the pixies. It's all to do with the reward centre in your brain.
1: Alcohol increases the release of dopamine in your brain's reward centre. The reward centre is the same combination of brain areas that are affected by virtually all pleasurable activities – including everything from hanging out with friends, going on vacation, getting a big bonus at work, ingesting drugs like cocaine or crystal meth, and drinking alcohol.
0: By jacking up dopamine levels in your brain, alcohol tricks you into thinking that it's actually making you feel great, or maybe just better, if you're drinking to get over something emotionally difficult. The effect is that you keep drinking to get more dopamine release, but at the same time you're altering other brain chemicals that are enhancing feelings of depression. In other
1: words, all you're trying to do is get more happy. So who wouldn't want that?
0: Yeah, that is what we are trained to do as humans, is to repeat things that make us feel good or make bad things feel less bad. Yes. um, Which alcohol does for a very short amount of time, and then it gets awful. So true. So we're up against a whole species, like hundreds of years of us developing, thousands of years of us developing. That's what we're up against here. Yeah. Alcohol, no matter in moderation, a binge or a daily habit, tricks your brain into thinking you want more because it sparks all of those jolly endorphins and convinces you that being drunk is better than being sober.
1: Yeah, so really what we're saying is it's not your fault. Put simply, alcohol is designed to make you want more of it. Therefore, trying to quit is hard and trying to moderate is harder. So people try all sorts of weird and wonderful ways to curb the need. What techniques have you tried when trying to slow down your drinking, Hamish?
0: Okay, so I've tried some of the classics, which are only drinking at weekends, only drinking beer... Cutting out wine and spirits, yep. thinking that maybe that's okay or better somehow. That's
1: a classic, that one. It oh, is, I'm only drinking it? beer. Yep. It's like, I'm better than you. I'm only drinking beer tonight.
0: And the truth is, is beer's pretty much the only one that I liked yeah. anyway. So it yeah. wasn't <laughs> a huge sacrifice <laughs> yeah. for me to whittle down the rest. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, another one I did, I would only buy more expensive drinks. So I started yeah. drinking IPAs or microbrewery beers rather than Foster's.
1: Hipster beers. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe that would be the way to do it. Um, also, you can tell yourself this lie that if it's good quality alcohol, you don't get hung over.
1: Yeah, bullshit.
0: It is bullshit. You yeah. get hungover from all of them.
1: You've still got to process the alcohol. I remember William Porter telling us about that. You've still got to process it. It doesn't matter. And also, I used to try drinking German beers because all German beers don't have preservatives in them. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, oh, I'm drinking preservative-free beer tonight. Yeah. Like I was superior or something. Or, do you ever put those drops in your wine? No, what was that? Yeah, I think...
0: That is a preservative thing. I've seen people do it before. I've tried it a few times, but I've never bought it. So they kind of look like eye drops. Yeah. And you put them into your, I think it's wine specifically before drinking it. And it's meant to take away the preservatives. Yeah. Therefore, you don't get hungover. Not true.
1: It's no, not I true. I don't think it works. No, I don't think it works um, either. Yeah.
0: Then this one's interesting. So I would for a bit say, right, I'm not drinking at home anymore. Okay, yeah. Because home drinking is a problem. You know? <laughs> yeah. home drinking is a problem, so I won't drink at home. And then that wouldn't work. And they go, okay, I'm not, I'm only drinking at home. Because if I'm drinking not at home, then I'm at a party or a club or I'm at a pub and it's expensive, but drinking at home is cheap. So I'm only drinking at home. Anyway, neither of those work. The drinking is the issue, not the location is what
1: I've found out i mean i could string up like some fairy lights and sit on a pile of mud and make that my drinking location yeah. so it's not about that because it didn't matter it was just like i would move location it didn't make any difference yeah, to my yeah, drinking yeah. habits It okay. was just an excuse to drink somewhere else what
0: other moderation tricks did you try
1: smaller wine glasses was one of my favorites okay so i would just end up drinking like out of a sh- you know, those tiny sherry yeah, glasses yeah. but i'd do it like a shot so I'll just be drinking more. So you
0: still be drinking a bottle, yeah, just, just have <laughs> a small glass rather right yeah, yeah, just be just like- have nineteen <laughs> glasses instead of yeah, four. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it did not work at all and eventually i found a glass i'd say right i'm having one glass of wine tonight yes. but then i found glasses the size of fish bowls yes. so i could literally pour a whole bottle of wine into one glass
0: it's a popular meme that isn't it you always see <laughs> yeah. people doing that
1: it's my brain me telling my brain like you're only having one glass it doesn't matter that it's a whole bottle in one glass it's still only one glass i'm interested in your
0: your drinks cabinet. See, you've got tiny, tiny, tiny glasses from when you're trying to moderate and you've got fishbowl glasses from when you gave <laughs> There's in. There's
1: nothing in between. Yeah, nice. The other thing I tried was lining my stomach. What I did was I ate loads of chips, hot chips, <laughs> before going out because I thought that would make me feel sick if I oh. drank loads, so I thought if I drank lo- ate loads of greasy food before going out, it would fill me up and I wouldn't drink as much. So it was a form of trying moderation. Okay, oh, that is wild.
0: What is, is your it? brain is telling it? yourself?
1: <laughs> there? You can't... scare. You make me feel bad about myself because I think these things are like half normal. You think that's genius? Huh? Here we go. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's bloody Chips and genius. Gravy. Mate.
0: <laughs> Chips and gravy before you go out. I think I had a mate who used to drink milk before going out. I don't know if that yeah. was. The, I don't know if that was thinking. I'll be full, or if he thought that milk undid hangovers. Well,
1: I did milk afterwards did when I was oh, hangover. Yeah, oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, milk yeah. I, I used to do milk, but what happened was because I was rubbish at moderation. Because when I had one down the hatch, I was out for the night. Yeah. I would then puke up chips and, and start again. Chips and gravy. <laughs> yeah, chips and mash. It was afterwards. I can, you know,
0: I could <laughs> never do that. I I have never successfully. Successful is not the right word, but like thrown up during the night and then carried on drinking. Oh, I Every time I threw time. up, that was curtains for me. Oh, I
1: would have called you a total lightweight for not doing that. Yeah, I would yeah. literally be going like, Hamish, go and puke up. You'll be fine in a minute and then come and have another yeah, drink. you feel much better than coming out. I thought that was normal yeah. to tell people to go and puke up. It's what is wrong <laughs> with me? Oh, my God. And I thought I wasn't an alcoholic. Listen to me. <laughs> the other thing I did was keep it neat. Now, this sounds odd, okay, oh gosh, this is I always make expose myself, don't <laughs> I too much? um, I thought that not adding soda to vodka would be a good idea because then at least I'd be getting more drunk and would drink less but I'd be drunker and there'd be less volume so I thought well that is drinking less because there's not as much oh, volume God. so I'd just drink you sh- cut out the mixers. I'd cut out the mixers. <laughs> yeah.
0: so volume wise you are drinking less but alcohol wise yeah. exactly the same it match.
1: looked like moderation to interesting me interesting I did the same as you as well I got the good stuff so I bought expensive wines yeah. trying quality over quantity never worked yeah. just yeah. made it more expensive yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I took breaks, water between wines, paused before ordering a bottle after having one glass. Like it was literally like 5 seconds, "Oh, should I have another one? Yes, I'm getting the bottle." Um it was more of a show that to hide the fact that I couldn't stop once I started. So I felt like if I went out and pretended to my friends, "Oh yeah, look, I'm trying moderation at the moment." At least it looked like I was trying. Yeah. Yeah, bad. Never worked. I did the old only on Fridays, only on birthdays. Last time I tried moderation was at a mate's birthday. I remember it clearly. I had to be home early because I was working at the market the next day. So I always Mm -hmm. tried to moderate if I was working. I had to be up at like five o'clock to do the markets. And I promised to only stay for one and had a posh bottle of wine. That went down. The next thing I remember, I was snorting coke off a bog lid. like that is my attempt at moderation right there that is awful isn't it with a stranger I remember it was a stranger I didn't know who they were I had lipstick all over my face and I looked in the mirror that is how moderation went for me I'm gonna do well now I'm snorting coke off a bog lid with a stranger oh god yeah it's terrible
0: hearing all of those and mine as well moderating is a lot more work than not drinking isn't it just so many rules that you try and create to justify it Actually, yeah. just not doing it—it's yeah. it's a lot easier.
1: I remember Lucy used to drink eat salmon on a Friday because she thought that would help her feel more full. And there's all these other old things like what old wives' tales, mm. like that you should do, like eat meat on a Friday or have eggs before you go drinking or yeah. drink three pints of fizzy water. All of these things—they never ever worked.
0: Oh, there's all those pills that claim to be the hangover pill. Right? Like, like, we've completely figured it out. It's like ten quid—they sell it at an offy. And you go in there hungover and then you buy this 10 quid pill and then you don't have a hangover. I don't think any of them work.
1: Nothing works, No.
0: no. So what is the problem with even trying moderation, Vic? Why will having a few lead you back into being obsessed with booze?
1: In my belief, the biggest problems with moderation are that alcohol still plays a huge part of your routine. Yeah. So you've got to step outside of that.
0: And you associate it with pleasure. Yes, That's what people do is you associate alcohol with pleasure. It's the thing that I do when I've finished my week at a party. I'm at a nightclub, I'm at a wedding. And actually that pleasure is completely independent of the alcohol is what you will figure out once you go sober.
1: So true, Hamish. And it's still playing a role in your life then, isn't it? Mm. Um, That I can or I can't, and that argument is here to stay. That can I, can't I is mind-bendingly boring after Mm -hmm. a while. Like, think I used to dread it. I used to dread going out because I couldn't bear the thought of having one and then wondering if I could have another one. It was so boring. Can I? Should I? Will I have a panic attack the next day? Will three give me a hangover? What if I just have four and then come home? It was... An absolute drain on my life. And I
0: bet that also made you a particularly boring person to talk to at a party yeah. because you, you're not focused on the conversation. You're more worried about the next drink.
1: I was never focused on the conversation. I was totally obsessed where the next drink was yeah. coming from. And also, you do not get any benefits of not drinking if you are still drinking about drinking. You won't grow if the well, drug... Just on that one. Yeah, go on. Um, in that book I just
0: read, yeah, it talks about although the alcohol may not be in your system for all that long once you've drunk. Some of the chemicals are in your system for four days. Oh, really? So she, Ruby was saying, she, you know, I think most people can relate that most people in the world, I would say, have a drink at least every four days. So the chemical component of alcohol has probably been in most people's systems since they were like 16, 17. Mm. So 20 years that something to do with alcohol has been in your system. That is crazy, isn't it? And that is what we're saying. Moderating, if you drink once a week or once, you know, only Fridays, whatever. The effect of that alcohol is still in your system for almost a week after that.
1: I will recommend that podcast again. I know we've mentioned it on here before, but listen to the Huberman Lab podcast on alcohol. It was out a couple of months ago, and it talks about just that. In that podcast, he is not talking about problem drinking. He is talking about someone who has one drink a week or two drinks a week and the effect that that has on your anxiety and your health throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And it is incredible how... Uh, You would call that moderating, I guess. Absolutely. And how moderating alcohol is affecting your body and all all the things it causes. Yeah, it is absolutely brilliant. And it is quite shocking. Also, you won't grow if the drug is in your system. Mm -hmm. You don't develop mentally. Like, for example, Hamish, when I gave up drinking, I started writing. I didn't even know I could write. Mm. And now, yeah, I can write. And that's what it does. It stunts you and it stops your brain from working. And only when you stop do you realise that you haven't been functioning properly as a human. And you won't heal from all your past traumas. That's a whole other thing. You have to face your emotions, of course, when you give up drinking. So therefore, there's so much to heal. And you'll eventually go back because you feel like a failure. Those feelings of not of attempting moderation and, and failing make you want to drink more, of course. And it is the slow path back to alcoholism. It doesn't solve any issues. It prolongs a problem and you don't get to find out who you are without alcohol, which is what this is all about. Moderation is not as rebellious as giving up completely. Yes, I was
0: going to say this. You, you give up some of the smugness. Yeah. That's what I would be afraid of. Yeah. I'd never be impressed
1: with someone if they said they were moderating alcohol. Yeah. Where if someone says sober, I'm like, good True. on you. Yeah. Yeah, I drink once a week. Cool, yes, so man. what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah, there is definite strength in total abstinence. That's where the self-love grows. So don't miss out on that, people. So, I know we've discussed it a little bit, Hamish, but what do you think about your future of drinking? What do you think about your habits will be? I imagine as the normal drinker, you're thinking about moderation when you reach your 1 year, is that right? That's what I was thinking.
0: Honestly, that's what I said at the beginning of the episode.
1: Yeah. And now that we've just talked <laughs> yeah. of
0: whatever it's been. Yeah. I can see the downside of that. Like I'm, I'm less tempted. I think alcohol is an, is obviously an incredibly powerful drug. Yeah, enticing. And the world doesn't treat it as a powerful drug. We don't treat it as we would meth or heroin or cocaine. And if you we should really be thinking of it that way. And you wouldn't, you shouldn't do crystal meth all the time. But we do do alcohol all the time. We do drink alcohol all the time. So I think that I'm, I've always said that I'm very open to being talked around. You know, my thought, my opinions on alcohol are not rock solid. I'm very open to being malleable and talked in and out of it. I don't know. I, I feel like this conversation has sort of talked me out of the idea of moderation. I've always said that I would treat alcohol differently. And actually, even that might be, Treating it as something I never want to do. Mm. But I think either way, giving up booze for a period of your life will highlight the importance of treating alcohol the opposite of the way you used to treat it. Like, yeah. it's a powerful drug, and most people down pints of it all the time. You yeah. shouldn't be doing that.
1: Yeah, so it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, I keep saying to you the same thing, which is, why would you? Yeah. Like, after this conversation, it's like, well, you know how it feels mm. to not do it. So the reasons, what would the reasons be? Yeah. The first thing that comes to my
0: mind is a shared experience with someone. So somebody going, let's meet up and go for a drink and have a chat. Yeah. And that's what comes to my mind. Although I know the logical, like having not drunk for a while, I'd be more than happy to meet up with you for a drink, but I'll just drink a different drink to what you're drinking and we'll still have that shared experience. Yeah, it's funny, isn't Um, it? I think
1: what I'm going to do, Hamish, is I'm just going to follow you around for the next 10 years, like, Thanks. very, very closely, like, yeah. like ghosting you, like, you know, when people walk, like, in we back to steps. that location
0: setting thing on my phone aren't we? Yeah.
1: I've got your location now. <laughs> I'm just going to follow you around. And if you ever pick up a drink again, I'm going to, like, leap on it and yeah. tear it out of your hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that just seems, that just so you know.
0: Fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell your kids they're not going to see much of you for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, just about following Amish again. Yeah. <laughs> If you choose not to listen to that moderation pixie, you choose freedom. And freedom from alcohol forever.
0: Yeah. Is that being kind to yourself drivel again, isn't it? It
1: is. We love a bit of being kind to yourself drivel. You know we love on this podcast to shower the listeners with lessons about self-love. But I do
0: get it. You choose your mental health and your physical health over the drug. You choose to live life to the fullest. I'm already new to the game and already I can see why even a tipple would pop this sober bubble and trample all over the work I've done. Moderation could destroy this amazing, unexpected euphoria—the joy that sober life brings. It does sound a bit preachy when I say it. It, it? does sound
1: yeah. a bit preachy. Sorry. You're reminding me of a cult leader of I you. once slept with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, for me, once I decided one would hurt, I felt a massive boulder lift from my chest. I remember my therapist, actually Hamish. I remember her saying to me, "It sounds a very simple sentence now, but she said." You don't have to drink, Vicky. Hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, it was an utter revelation. I was like, what? I don't have to drink. I don't have to force booze down my neck Hmm. in social situations. She was like, no, you don't have to do it. And I just remember thinking, my God, this is incredible. It's
0: wild that a stranger saying something as simple as that can be the thing that unlocks it in you.
1: Yeah, I just didn't know that I had an option. It was like I'd been freed from a prison cell. Imagining not having to put myself through the relentless rigmarole of deciding how much I was going to drink and when and worrying about how full my glass was or what beer had the higher percentage in it was absolutely incredible. I no longer had to consider booze. It was a fucking relief.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's what this podcast today is here to tell you. For most of us, not drinking at all is way better than moderation. You get to find out what life is all about. No more numbing out, no more obsessing over the next round, no more fake happy endorphins, only real ones pumping around. By stopping completely, it means alcohol is gone, a thing of the past, and all that is left over from that is time, and all the wonderful ways you get to fill it in sobriety.
1: Yep, if you decide to kick that pixie in the gonads and never again consider drinking, then you get to live a full, glorious life with nothing holding you back. You get to achieve the things you could never imagine. Since I quit trying to moderate and decided to clasp sobriety by the bollocks, I've begun this podcast, had another child, got a book deal, went on stage in front of hundreds of people and told my story. I live a life free from anxiety and dread, and I'm happier and more functional and I don't feel like the odd one out. I feel like a bloody warrior. One will hurt for people like me because it means alcohol stays. Sobriety allows hope and growth, and moderation keeps you stuck in the tiring cycle. I quite like cycling, though, Vic. Not that kind of cycling, Hamish. No, 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 no. The mind-numbing addiction cycle that plagues this earth and is destroying mankind. Not the fucking Tour de France. right, sorry. Yeah, time for a quote, I think. I love this quote because it's Russell Brand, and he is my hall pass. Is he? Yes. Rusty. Yeah, who is your Hall Pass, Hamish? Not Craig, David. No,
0: no, no. Um, okay, I've got a few. Emily, oh. Emily Ratajkowski. Yes, yeah, she's gorgeous. Newly single.
1: Oh yes, no, a lot no. Of, lot of pressure on no, my no, relationship. No, no, she's not.
0: Oh, you think uh, she's going
1: out with Pete Davidson? They
0: went on a date.
1: Yeah, he's all over her.
0: He's on a hot streak. Yeah, he's um, on a hot streak. Um, Mila Kunis.
1: Oh yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah she's maybe one. More. And then Jennifer Aniston. And Liz says Jennifer Aniston is boring because it's like too obvious. Two nineties. Although, so yeah, but that's the whole point. Yeah. All three of them I know are fairly obvious. Although. My one less obvious one, although Jennifer Aniston obviously famous for friends, I did once have a sex dream about Courtney Cox, mm. um, and that changed her for me for a long time. I was
1: never attracted to her, and I have been since. I do one sexual dreams I do have are about Robbie Williams mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. A bit stuck in the nineties. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> with my sexual fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> what a sentence! But I also had a dream that I worked in a poo factory. So don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, but was it a nineties poo factory? It was. Yeah. yeah. It was analog. <laughs> analog. Oh God! It's too good. You don't even know it. It's the best joke we've had all year. It was <laughs> the best joke of <laughs> the nice. You didn't even know. It was the best. Oh God! End of the episode. End of the series. End of the series. Like that's it forever. Hamish just did a log joke without knowing it. An anal log. An, an anal log. In oh a my poo God! God, it's so good. We're going to have to pause and have a moment of just respect for that joke, I think.
0: God. That's good.
1: Right, do you want to read it? You read it. No, no, I can't. I'm laughing. Okay. (laughs) You need only allow gentle hope to enter your heart. Exhale and allow hope and give yourself some time. This is the process of change that requires a good deal of self-compassion, which is neither stagnant nor permissive. We can just start by being a little kinder to ourselves and open up to the possibility that life doesn't have to be so bloody awful.
0: (laughs) I like it.
1: I love that. That's from Russell Brand's book, Recovery, which is brilliant.
0: Life doesn't have to be bloody awful. Yeah. It's sort of like you being told you don't have to drink.
1: You don't have to drink. Yeah. It doesn't, and it was awful for me when she told me that line. Life mm. was awful for me because every time I drank, no matter how hard I tried, I end up on a Sunday morning in bed with full-blown panic attacks thinking that I was going to die. So it was awful and I did need to learn to be kinder to myself and understand that not drinking is a possibility for everybody. Any more anal log jokes for us before we go, home? That is the greatest thing I've ever said. Uh, and I can't guarantee another one of those for Mike the next 20 dropped. episodes. Yeah, mic <laughs> dropped. Let's go. He's done his bit for the Sober Awkward community. The best anal log jokes. The bum, bum poo jokes, which are obviously always going to be our favourites, aren't they?
0: That is my gift to all of you. <laughs> Tell your poo factory dream story. Follow it up with an analogue thing. You're welcome. Done.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cupa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? I don't know, just write it. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss
0: an episode.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.